0: Good afternoon. Coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, step-families, step-parents, step-children. Everyone involved faces a heroic effort to keep family life moving along smoothly. Coming up on the show, we'll give you a few tips on the way right after the news.
1: Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. It's been a week since Hurricane Sandy tore through the northeastern United States and thousands of people are still struggling to return to their normal lives. Freezing winter temperatures are setting in on the region devastated by the storm, making the lives of those still not able to return to their homes even harder. 1.9 businesses and homes are still without electricity in the aftermath of Sandy, meaning no heat during the increasingly cold nights. On top of it all is another storm looming off the coast. A nor'easter is scheduled to hit New York, the New York-New Jersey area by the middle of this week and could cause more power outages and further flooding in coastal towns still trying to recover. Government prosecutors are accusing an army general who is based in Fort Bragg of using his rank to force subordinates into having inappropriate relations. General Jeffrey Sinclair is facing charges of breaking over 26 military laws in connection with five women's accusations that Sinclair pulled rank in order to force them into sexual relationships with him. The prosecution is pushing for Sinclair to face court-martial. He declined to give any response to the charges in court. Thanksgiving is just a few weeks away and this year families will be happy to see that turkey prices are relatively low in light of spiking food costs caused by this year's ongoing drought. Most retailers locked in the price for the traditional bird well before the scope of the drought was fully known and feed crops looked on track for a record year. Now, with corn becoming more scarce, turkey farmers have to spend almost twice as much on feed, but large supermarkets are able to keep their prices, their previously set prices, down. Lower prices on the main course will generally drive more customers into the store to do all of their turkey day shopping in one trip. The election is tomorrow, and the latest Gallup poll is showing a dead heat. With President Barack Obama's leadership on Showcase during the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy, the poll, among likely voters that has favored Mitt Romney, is now essentially tied at 49% for Romney and 48% for the president. The one-point difference is within the poll's margin of error. Both candidates are making last-ditch efforts on the campaign trail in swing states to do anything they can to tip the evenly balanced scales in their favor. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall.
0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Matt Townsend, and uh, so glad you're joining us. As you're just sitting there driving along the highway of life, listening to us instead of all of those crazy political shows that make you want to wring someone's neck. Have you had it? Are you tired of it? Today, we uh we're gonna we're just gonna give you something else to think about. We're not gonna go pol- you know all political on you as I look at BT, who no one's more political than BT. Never. <laughs> Is that all you got? That didn't even sound political. <laughs> Uh, I guess that's... Nay. Now I'm you guys know
2: how I feel in every sports game ever. They say, yeah, but it's tied up. It's six seconds left in the fourth quarter. I go, I don't care. It's cold. I want to go home.
0: <laughs> See, now, I love politics. I just hate this
2: politics. You're wanting to walk out with six seconds left on the board. Yeah. Fourth quarter. Score tied. Yeah. Might go into overtime. What do you do? What do you do?
3: Like, I don't get Twitter on anymore. I don't get on Twitter anymore. Why? Because it's just the same thing. It's too
0: political. Just politics, politics, politics. What's going to happen when this all goes away? Then what are we going to talk about? We start talking about 2016. <laughs> Why would we start that?
4: See, like the thing for me that's just really annoying is just how everyone is just totally like bashing on the other candidates. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I don't care what party you are. I'm just sick of you saying Mitt Rodney sucks. I'm sick of you yeah. saying Obama sucks. I don't care <laughs> about that that much. You
0: feel like they think we're just a bunch of idiots. Like, I I know enough that I know they're both lying. (laughs) And now I'm thinking, so which liar is the best liar? (laughs) So I'm going to go for the best liar for my future.
3: Matt, that's rather cynical. I think that's my job on this show. (laughs) That's that's careful. That was my rant right there. If you push me out of a job, what am I going to do? They're
0: quoting things that I know are lies. They're just
2: giving us what we want. That's what they say. It's our own fault. They
3: have not given me bacon.
0: That's true. That is true not. not. yet. They have not met. Not yet. Okay. That's Touche. the bacon Touche, rule. So on this show, we like to talk about the human side of all of this chaos and craziness. And one of the things, apparently, there are some um, bizarre ways to predict who's going to win. A lot of people like to go to the polls. Which I think, you know, whatever. <laughs> because it's I don't know to trust. Too mainstream. Right. Too mainstream. Well, I <laughs> heard there
2: is an interesting bellwether that uh, sometimes election results affect who wins. No, I've heard that. I've yeah. heard that the leading indicator
0: of winning is an election result. Yeah. I, I, Weird. You never yeah. would have thought that. Huh. Yeah. It's That's... technical. It's a technical point.
4: Really? That's, that seems, if seems you too easy. But if you don't
0: want to do that, there's other ways. For example, <laughs> you could just refer to the Redskins lost – In their game last night, right? It's called the Redskins rule. And if the Washington, D.C. professional football team wins its final home game before the election, then the incumbent party holds on to the White House. The rule has held true in 17 of 18 election year seasons since the team moved to the nation's capital in 1940, which means they lost last night. So apparently Mitt Romney will win. Based on a football game? Based on the Redskins rule, yeah. which is 17 out of 18. By the way, it's got to be more accurate than the polls. Oh, totally. Got to be. Exactly. exactly. Well, the, the methodology is simpler, at least. Yeah. Well, uh, and it, by the way, the methodology actually makes sense. The home team Washington Redskins, when they're playing at home— They're your sample. They're your, if they win, it would make sense that the vibrations of Redskinville would—or if they lose, I guess they lost— Th- those vibrations would impact the world.
2: Maybe we're looking at it the wrong way. Maybe voters decide who to vote
0: for based yeah. on the outcome of the game. Okay. Once again, Rob, you're being naive. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's the vibrations.
2: Is that good, good, good vibes, <laughs> bad vibes? I don't know.
0: But there's more ways than that. What were you going to say? I'm looking right at you, Skyboy. What were you going to say?
2: Well, I was just wondering why – I think Rob said it, but
1: just why don't we wait until the game and then decide why do we have to do like, mean all, the, real, the, all real... the debates and yeah, like, well... straw polls and all that stuff? Why okay. not just wait for the game? And then... what's fun in that? I think it's more fun to not have. Have all you not
0: that. ever like gone on a date, asked a girl out on a date, and then thought about it, talked about it, polled it, and um, and then lied about it for a year and a half before you went on the date? Uh, yeah, how'd that go
2: for you? No, I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> we could schedule the Redskins game in August. Which could uh, scheduling the Redskins game in August would that would
0: actually that would have helped? Yeah, well, or the debate. Here's another one. There's not just there's other ways. There's other omens that are out there looming. Like in the ancestral Kenyan village of Obama's father, the president gets a positive sign because um, it's a 105 year old tradition. Oh, 105 year old traditional healer named John Demo has um has decided that uh by tossing some shells and some bones um that he's decided that obama is very very far ahead it's like Rafiki, it's, right <laughs> it's like Rafiki. <laughs> he knows the in way in the kenyan village but for real so now we have a tie again oh, so man. the redskins oh, no. and then the uh the kenyan What's leader tiebreaker well, there's another tiebreaker. Uh, well, the okay. tiebreaker tomorrow is the election. Oh, you yeah. keep going back to the real deal. No, day. no,
4: but, like, <laughs> really? I just think gotta... that'd be so funny, like, if he ended up not winning and it's just like, oh. Bones were wrong. Sorry. Bad bones. <laughs> oh, who gave me
2: these bones? <laughs> There'd be some killer third-party <laughs> writing candidate exactly. who takes it all. It'd
4: just be so
5: funny. Both of them okay, are wrong. Okay, so there's
0: also the flip rule. Now, the flip rule says that Obama's going to lose. The flip rule is simply one time-tested omen is creating a dark cloud over Obama's re-election bid. He calls it the flip rule, says blogger of QS Clues at Red State. No incumbent has ever won a second term without winning a state that he did not win in his first election.
3: My brain just turned to jello.
0: I think in the first election, if you lose a state, (laughs) you cannot win re-election unless you win the state you lost.
3: That sounds like...
0: You must flip. The states you did not win in the first election, or you won't win. Flip rule. So it's like you should get more votes? Now I'm sounding like wrong. You can lose a new state that you've won, but you can't lose a state twice. You must flip a state okay. in order to win. I
1: get that. Just one state or all
0: the ones? That I are? think this just says one. You just got to imagine it's just, you yeah. know, like, it's can actually all of them. You can't. Yeah, yeah. There's I don't 50 know. to choose from. Those are good numbers. <laughs> so uh, apparently, according to that, Obama's up unless there's one more rule. Unless you, Unless you follow the Dick Morris rule. Which I do. Which is if Dick Morris predicts you to win, you automatically lose.
5: <laughs> oh. Apparently that's happened in the
0: past. By the way, that is that is the simplest one of all your rules. How roles. did that
2: work cuz wasn't he a stra- – oh. he was a strategist for uh,
0: President Clinton? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is so the Fox when he was News working for President Clinton, he did Dick Morris. Anything he predicts turns out to be not just wrong, but laughably, head-shakingly so. Uh, whether it's his advice on handling the democracy uprising in Egypt, his prediction of impeachment hearings for Obama, his claims Obamacare would bring about euthanasia, or whether Bill Clinton should have negotiated the release of two hostages in North
2: Korea. Author of that article is not a fan of uh, Mr. Morris. There. You know what I'm
0: finding out about all of these sources? They're all a little biased, which except there's one that's not biased, which was the Redskins. When in doubt, leave it up to the NFL. They should choose our president.
4: <laughs> you know, they're the smartest guys out there. So I agree with that.
0: You know what I mean? So political news. I have people that are literally saying, if so and so doesn't win, I will be so mad.
4: Well, you know what's really interesting? I'm scared. I'm there a was a girl people. at my high school who she just said that if um, Mitt Romney wins, she'll have she'll harm herself.
0: See, okay, and I was like,
4: whoa, like. That's that's when it goes a little too far. Yeah, yeah. You Don't, shouldn't be harming yourself. Yeah. yeah, no. We're
3: just being dramatic.
4: Exactly.
0: I think I think we're all in for it. <laughs> that's why I'm not coming to work tomorrow.
2: Has there ever been a president so bad that it made sense to move? You know, people always know say, "Ah, oh, I'm moving out of here. I'm going to
0: well, going to Canada." People, a lot of people and, threaten that. Well, yeah. but
2: but if you think back, I mean, even President Harding. Uh, isn't he
0: the of, one
6: who's universally... President Jackson
0: he's the he's the ball he's guy to... he's the scapegoat <laughs> as the worst president
2: you know was it, was it... But, but none of them I mean you're only in power for eight, four to eight years it's not like all... long term you can't go back and fix it
0: well then you wonder does it matter but then you think it does and then you realize that Rafiki threw the bones and <laughs>
4: it doesn't matter well you know it's like if you really want if that's what's going to, you know, make you leave the country, leave and let some other people that really want to come in, get in. Oh, see, know? that's
0: a whole other political issue. Yeah. <laughs> who you let in, who you don't let in to this crazy thing. So let's do this. Let's not do politics anymore. Puh, I'm sick of it. You don't
2: want to hear this wonderful thing about four perfect storm scenarios for the election tomorrow? I, think the it mo- it really I swiped this off the printer. I think okay. The Morning Show wanted to Okay, this well, let's out. do it. Let's, Snooze, let's you lose. So, so Sean, there. tomorrow, is going to be looking for this going, where'd it go? Just tell him we used it. Um, the national vote count for president is thrown into doubt because of the impact of Hurricane Sandy, the idea being that some states, like New York, have laws that say if your voter turnout is below 25 percent, normally it's about 60 that they might hold another election, supplemental election day.
0: Well, I guess that's not right. Okay, that's not
2: incredibly <laughs> concerning because um, typically the, the states affected by Hurricane Sandy aren't really swing states. So they're ones that we already know the president's prob- right. probably likely going to take. What if he
0: wins New York and New Jersey? What if, I mean, Obama loses those? I don't. Recount. I don't we won't hear the
2: end of it. That's what will happen. I don't see President Obama taking this state of Utah either. But That's not going to happen you, you never know. You could have an election day surprise, but I, I really doubt it. The other thing, too, is interesting is the National Guard uh, is helping out Governor Christie with mm-hmm. the election tomorrow. Uh, they're going to de- deploy trucks because in one county, um, uh, Hudson County – they have 240 polling locations. Half of them don't have power or have problems. So they're, they're going to park a military truck out front, and then people can go in and punch paper ballots. Oh, in the truck. In the truck. The problem is that – how would you feel in your neighborhood if you had to go into a military truck to vote? I think that would be super awesome. No, it's like
0: the bookmobile.
2: <laughs> I mean, that would be really cool. It's the votemobile. But but the, the idea guys in uniforms and camo, guy and it, they're worried it could suppress –
0: Voting because you know people are they a little do bit that, scared. They do that in like Central America, all the time. Yeah,
2: and that <laughs> turns out well.
3: Yeah, and they also they also tell you who to vote for. Just that's other. There's one other
0: thing. Okay. Not always. Some places. So the neat thing about those trucks is Venezuela. they're portable. They can place them anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's the idea.
2: Is that it? It helps encourage voting, but it okay, still creates a problem. That's interesting. Scenario number two: the Electoral College winner is impossible to determine because the state of Ohio. Isn't sure which provisional votes to count. So you kind of imagine it's like Florida in 2000, where it's down to just a handful of votes. Some of these provisional ballots could take until November 16th before they could be finally counted. And
0: I'm that's a big liking, deal because. I'm not liking this section of our show.
2: <laughs> number three disputes over ballot printing errors, machine errors, and lack of paper trail could bog down the counting in other battleground states like. Florida. What if we have more hanging chads? Florida. No, I think that a lot of it's converted to electronic voting machines now. So a lot of that problem. So now we
0: have more um, electronic chads that hang up.
2: Yeah. So it would be the question, a lot of it, too, being uh, the provisional ballots. You guys. And finally, (laughs) chaos on Election Day, scenario number four between the Texas-based group True the Vote, who plans to send out people who will watch the polling workers to make sure they're working right. And the Civil Rights Group Advancement Project, which is ideologically on the other side, but with the similar goal. And the question is, could that create a little chaos at voting precincts? But don't worry. Both campaigns have an army of lawyers standing by to fight it all in court, which adds to the chaos. You know what?
0: makes, me, makes you feel warm inside. Or is it just warm in this room? Let's go with both. I I love politics, I really do, and I cannot wait for this to be over, so that I can then um, just suffer with my chest and head cold without having to think about politics.
2: It's still better than sports
0: because no, when it's you not. go to
2: the stadium, do you in any way affect the outcome of that game? Yes. No. Yes. It's but called, with the third, politics, what's it called the third. You get to go no, 13th, punch the ballot. Man.
4: It's, it's so true, effect. though. Like, they perform so much better if you're cheering for them from an athlete. Yeah. Yeah, it t- you totally do. Oh,
2: yeah. But it's not the same when, in the end, the score on the scoreboard is not a reflection of the players on the field. It's a reflection of the audience in the grandstand. And that is the cool part hmm. of why tomorrow's election is better than even the mm. – what's a, what's a big football game? What's like the, the Super Bowl. Bowl? The Super Bowl. It's better than the Super Bowl tomorrow.
0: Well, hello, uh, except uh, we don't all just gather around, eat Cheetos, and um, wear jerseys. But Rob will. Oh, oh, I will. You already do. Awkward. Okay. Um, hmm. Well, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Skyboy, you got something to say? I just completely disagree. With everything Rob just said. <laughs> boy. <Attaboy. laughs> you like sports. I love sports. And you sports. think the people I matter. Politics. I think the best thing that could happen, Barack Obama, Mitt Romney, leg wrestle. Yeah, they should have, like... Three leg wrestles, best out of three. Best, best battle of three. royale. I something. think Romney's got bigger legs. Maybe? I don't, no, know. I, I don't know. But maybe you need length. <laughs> I think maybe Obama's got longer legs.
3: I think. I think the secret to that is... Was, is asymmetrical strength like you don't like right arm is not as strong as your left arm or something and then you can pull someone Ooh, So I, guess, I
0: think Romney would use his he, right leg and uh, I think Obama would use his left leg because he's a left leaner and it mm. makes an interesting fight because if it were
2: down to the vice presidents Paul Ryan Regla, oh, yeah. wrestling Joe Ryan, Biden
0: all day yeah I, that's, that's 96 but is, Mitt Romney and Barack PX90. Obama
2: that would be a fair
0: fight I think that really would be I think I think that's where we need to go with this or major water balloon fight between Republicans uh, and Democrats, city by city, winner take all.
3: That is a great that I, 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 I that sounds like fun. Yeah. Then it
0: really matters what your turnout is. Yeah. Right? Let's see who's got turnout. Yeah. Turnout Okay, I'm done talking about it. We're gonna actually uh, change the subject. And we're gonna get into step parents. Parenting, stepchildren. Why do we call them steps in the first place? We're gonna get into that, and we're gonna find out why Disney makes some of the step parents look so evil, wicked, in fact. You listen to the Matt Townsend show. We'll be back with tools, ideas, skills, help on how to have a blended family with your wonderful step family. Right here on the Matt Townsend Show, Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
6: Medical lab work, from space to the palm of your hand.
7: This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future.
6: It may be years before we send people to Mars, but medical technology developed for deep space flights is already helping people on Earth. The device is called R-Health, reusable handheld electrolyte and lab technology for humans. And in the time I took to say that, this tiny device can run dozens or more tests from just a drop or two of your blood, giving doctors accurate, inexpensive, on-the-spot test results. Our health works using microscopic pumps to move your blood cells through a nano-sized strip of reagent chemicals, which will react to marker substances in your blood. A built-in laser lights up these markers like pixels in a digital snapshot, telling your doctor the score on dozens, potentially hundreds of health parameters. The palm-sized device is self-cleaning and reusable, making it economical as well as easy to take to a bedside, disaster site, or on a deep space mission. Our health was developed in a partnership between NASA's Glenn Research Center and the DNA Medicine Institute and will change the way people take medical tests everywhere. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
7: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
4: For regular updates on BYU radio
3: programming, sports, and other behind the scenes news, follow BYU Radio on Twitter. Just search for BYU Radio, hit follow, and enjoy our tweets on news, live updates on shows, and much more. Talk about good.
7: Welcome
0: back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're no longer talking politics. Can't take it anymore. I am done with that until tomorrow when I vote. And uh, But what we are going to talk about today are step-families, step-parents, step-children. And for some odd reason, Disney calls them the wicked stepmother. Now, I have a stepmother who's not wicked. She's quite lovely and wonderful. And so... I don't get it. Uh, it seems like there's a huge amount of people that now have step parents that are being raised in blended families and step families, and we've got to figure out how to deal with some of these issues. Maybe how not to demonize our steps, our uh, our new parents um, or our stepchildren. They're not all crazy, horrible people. So as we're talking about step families, we all know about how in the fairy tales a lot of times there is the evil stepmother, the wicked who is out to get the kids, my little sweetie. Excuse me. I think, I think you mixed your and I did. Please do that again. <laughs> I, I, that, it, was, it wasn't my little sweetie. It's my little, <laughs> my pretty. My little pretty. That's what it is. That's gosh. That's kind What's of weird. That, but that's weird. That have you a know, I really no idea. That's just so not manly. Just leave your man card right there okay. on your way out. It's like um,
3: I'll just cut a corner off of it.
0: <laughs> so what we did is we sent out our our uh, producer Madison Alfredo, aka Madison Allred, and she's going to go spell it out for us and share her experience with stepmothers.
4: Come on, Disney. What do you have against stepmothers? It seems like there are no stepmoms in any of those stories that end up being good people. While us as adults can look at these and analyze different archetypes, storylines, and realize the historical context, what about our children? Now, I'm not saying that you should ban the showing of Cinderella in your house, but definitely be there for your kids if they have any questions, and if it comes up in a discussion, address the issue. The divorce rate in the U.S. is climbing steadily, and while you and your spouse may not be going through a divorce, at least one of your child's friends will. My parents are still together, but when I was younger, I was a little bit afraid that my parents would divorce. This is somewhat of a natural fear for young children since they want security and stability, but it seems to be amplified by movies and our society. I remember walking out of my room one night, and then I saw my dad sleeping on the couch. And I was very, very worried. I scurried over to him, Snuck my hand under his arm, and I asked in a whisper if he and my mom were going to go through a divorce. My dad just laughed, and he said that he and my mom still loved each other. My fears were unfounded, but it was a legitimate fear as a young child. As I got older, my world expanded, and what changed my mind about stepmothers was my own grandma. I was actually at my grandparents' house, and I found out that my grandma was not my, quote, real grandma. I was about seven and I found out that my biological grandma had divorced my grandpa, and he had remarried. My biological grandma had died before I was born, so that's why it never really had come up before. Instantly, my mind was frozen. The woman that I knew and loved had nothing that linked me to her, or so I thought. I felt uneasy as a young child. I did not know if she loved me, or even if she liked me. I remember turning to her and asking questions like, Grandma, do you like me? why are you so nice to me? And the doozy, do you love me? My grandma quickly pulled me into a hug and reassured me that she loved me. Just because we were not related by blood did not mean that she did not love me. She said that when she married my grandpa, that she became a part of his family and we were a family. She said that she loved me before I was even born and that we belonged together. These were the thoughts of a child who only had a step-grandmother, I guess you could call it, and I'm sure that these fears are only intensified for a child that is getting a new stepmother. I, however, know that stepmothers are not all mean and they can be truly wonderful. My grandma is an awesome cook and has a talent for decorating cakes. She has made me some really cool birthday cakes growing up and she also makes us homemade candy. I mean, homemade candy? Come on, people, who wouldn't love her? I'm so glad that I have my grandmother And so I say that stepmothers rock.
0: Couldn't agree with you more, Madison. Stepmothers and grandmothers. Yeah. They're not evil, wicked people.
4: No, not at all. She's really great.
0: But um, And she loved you. She must have looked at you like, what is the big deal?
4: (laughs) No. Uh, I just remember because, you know, I was young. And so, like I said, you know, I didn't really know about it because my um, biological grandmother had died, and so it was just like, yeah, she was grandma. And so when I figured that out, it was just I don't know why. I maybe for children you just think, oh, you know, because we're not blood related or mm-hmm. something. Then why would you love me or something like that? So
0: it's uh, it's, it's it's interesting because we're really just little kids that don't know. But mm-hmm. I believe then those fears kind of stay with us. And then eventually we make it to Disney and then we write stories about it.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, also, I like, even though I did call Disney out on that, like, it's not, Disney didn't just like come up with those on its own. No, those know?
0: are written in the books.
4: Well, like, you know, the Brothers Grimm, you know. Oh, those stuff guys are like messed that. up. Not to be rude.
0: <laughs> Wonderful people. But Sky loves their books, love them. They're, they're good. He's shaking his no head. No idea what they are. He, he
3: enjoys a nice morbid uh, bedtime story. Yeah, that I was, where
0: that you're initially be designed for eaten children by a wolf yeah. dressed up like an old lady.
4: Yeah. All I can say Scary. is that like when I read the real Little Mermaid, because like my favorite Disney movies when I was younger, Cinderella and Little Mermaid. So I was like, here, like I want to read the real ones. Cinderella, they hack off her heel. Like the stepsisters, you know, hack off their heels and cut uh. their toes off so that they can fit into the shoe. I was like.
3: Ew. Oh. The price of beauty. Seriously, (laughs) though.
4: And then, like, Little Mermaid, she doesn't get the guy, and she turns into seafoam. Worst ending ever. Like,
0: yeah. If you could be anything, you don't (laughs) want to be seafoam. I know. (laughs) That's the worst color on earth.
4: I know. I remember, like, getting to the last page of that book and going, oh.
0: See? So it's not reality. (laughs) Reality is there's good people like your Grammy. Mm Mm-hmm. Reality is, you know what? People end up divorcing. When we divorce, we can make healthy, happy families. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna be bringing on Matt Barktel, LMFT, licensed marriage family therapist, who's gonna help us sort through the parenting relationship once we are step families, okay? You're listening to the Matt Townsend show. Stick with us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
2: All the campaigns and debates, Election Day has arrived. Tuesday, November 6th, BYU Radio will bring you experts from both sides weighing in on the hotly contested races around the nation, highlighted by the photo finish between President Obama and BYU alumnus Mitt Romney. Join us for a unique look at the elections November 6th, 8 Eastern, here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall
1: for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. With the race for the White House painfully close, both President Barack Obama's campaign and Mitt Romney in the GOP effort are going all out on the last day before voters take to the polls. Pushing his economic record and urging voters to stick with him, the president is making stops today in Ohio, Iowa, and Wisconsin, Mitt Romney is traveling to New Hampshire, Florida, Virginia, and also Ohio, telling voters that his plan is one that will bring real change and chart a better course for America. With both campaigns stopping in Ohio, experts' predictions that the Midwestern state's 18 electoral votes could be the deciding factor in this election seems to be resonating with each of the campaigns. Rebel groups in Syria detonated two car bombs today, which resulted in the largest loss of life by forces friendly to the regime in a single attack so far. Fifty of Bashar assads security force members were killed in the suicide attack, which rebel leaders take credit for. Allegedly, the bombing, which targeted a government checkpoint near a regime-controlled village, was coordinated with a jihadist group. Regime forces were also on the offensive today with combined tank and air attacks bombarding neighborhoods all around the capital city of Damascus. The conflict has now been escalated for, escalating for 20 months, and well over 30,000 people have been killed. As tens of thousands of New Yorkers continue to struggle in the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy, more critiques about the use of resources set aside for the cancelled New York City Marathon are pouring in. More than a dozen large electrical generators and crates of apples, peanuts, and bottled water sat unused in Central Park, much to the dismay of those on Staten Island where most are still without power and food and supplies are becoming scarce. Large amounts of space blankets could be put to good good use by those who have not yet been allowed to return to their homes in the face of dropping temperatures as winter sets in on the city. According to one marathon security worker, the supplies were not moved because would-be marathoners in Central Park present logistical difficulties. The cost of emergency cleanup efforts in New York has expanded to over $85 million in just a week, according to the city comptroller. Repair and other emergency service contracts were already at just over $29 million by last Wednesday, and costs have been continuing to balloon further since then. The single most expensive effort so far has been the repairs of damaged beaches throughout the city, which account for well over a third of the total monies spent. You are listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall.
0: Welcome back, my friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, Today, we are talking about step-families, step-parents, step-children. You know, divorce is happening. I don't know if you've heard that. And uh, we're blending families, and maybe we don't quite know what we're doing ...when it comes to blending these families. So we're going to be bringing on an expert. Uh, before we do, I just do want to make an announcement about BYU Radio. We will be having some election coverage. It will not be by me. I will be asleep uh, with Will on board. And um, that will be tomorrow night, Tuesday night. Once the polls close, Marcus Smith, who's the host of The Morning Show... ...will uh, be joined by two political science experts at uh, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, and they will be talking about the elections. They'll also be reviewing some interesting BYU connections from both Romney and Obama. I have both got some connections into the Brigham Young University alumni world. So please join us then again tomorrow, 9 o'clock Eastern Time for BYU Radio's election coverage. Now, done with that, let's go to our guest. Our guest is Matt, Matt Barkdell. He's a a regular on our show. He helps us kind of get through some of these family issues. He's a licensed marriage family therapist. He's also a medical family therapist, which I believe involves medicine. We're going to ask about that again. Uh, but uh,
8: Matt, welcome to the show. You know what? It's not about medicine, actually. What is it? Uh, Fill that, me that's, in. That's, a, that's, a, that's a common uh, misconception about medic. You know, I'm totally teasing you. No, what is it, it? dude?
5: Help <laughs> us. <is> <laughs>
8: Medical family therapy is oh. a uh, type of um, certification. It was a certification. Now it's a full-blown PhD program. Really? Yeah, when it's... Kind of, it was back east, University of Rochester, back in New York, and uh, a lot of a lot of the ideas, uh, University of Minnesota, where uh, these ideas came forward about how to help families that deal with acute, chronic, terminal, right. you know, kinds of illnesses, and also how to triage uh, with the uh, medical system. To I love that to, idea, actually, uh, and that's yeah. needed. Oh, my gosh. Last time, uh, you know, somebody has a situation where a family member is going through some chemotherapy or, you know, if they are indeed terminal. And uh, also to advocate, to, uh, you know, work through it's A lot of medical social workers have... Some of the same skills, but this is very much focused in the family system in and of itself, so it's very, very good. It's been great training. I've actually loved doing
0: it, so that's just part of your work and we've actually had you on the show to talk about how to deal with people with chronic illness. today we're talking about um this step family kind of scenario and and the impact it has first of all, Matt, do you think that the step family do you think this is going to keep happening? that people will divorce, maybe put together two blended families, and then we could have steps?
8: You know, it used to be where that wasn't as common, but now, uh, especially with the recent statistics, oh my gosh, you know, uh, you know, some people say unfortunately, some people say fortunately, it just really kind of depends on the individual circumstances of what causes a family to, or a marriage, I should say, to, to split apart, and whether it's through death, whether it's through a divorce, you know, uh, there's just some unpredicted things sure. that uh, take place. So is it here to stay? You know what? I really think it is yeah. here to stay. Uh, the, the trends, uh, I think, have plateaued for the most part, but, you know, recent statistics show, and I'm just kind of pulling this up as we're talking, you know, we're, we're dealing with definitely one out of two marriages ending in divorce. We've been at that 50%, and some would even argue that we are, you know, getting to 55 maybe 60 But but... Right whether it's a majority or the not but uh, you know out of two people you would think that maybe one marriage may not work out
0: and it's it, i mean it's already complicated family relationships are already complicated just without steps right without without having to bring in the history of ex-husbands ex-wives other problems other issues so um that's complicated then we we divorce, or somebody passes away, we then blend these two families together, and um, it just seems like it's inherently more complicated than even just a typical relationship.
8: You know, I appreciate the way you're talking, to because you're right. When you have a family system, you are... Incredibly busy, you ask any you know what we call an in, intact meaning that we have the biological father, the biological mother, you know the so called uh, stereotypical family where there 's no divorce there 's no more stereotypical family anymore. I should right. uh, point yeah, out right. uh, that that doesn 't really exist because there's so many different forms you know if a family, mother, and father are killed, and you know the grandparents or the aunt and uncle or they 're placed uh, in adoption settings. You know, but I I really like what um, Neil Maxwell, the late uh, LDS apostle, said. He said that there are no perfect families, but there are many good families who are anxiously engaged in, in nurturing and providing for their families, often against such heavy odds and so you you're taking a situation like that and i don't know what he was referring to so much mm-hmm. that there are no perfect families but there are good families they they try their very best and sometimes especially when you start uh mixing when you start uh... you know trying to have a step family work out sometimes you really get a great formula great chemistry together and it works out perfect others ah uh, you know as stereotypical as it might seem, a lot of the statistics back up that stereotype that step families really are going to have a, a harder time, not always, but sometimes a harder time, and sometimes are against heavy odds.
0: You bet. Well, I mean, I just, because I do a lot of, like, relationship coaching and helping uh, families, you know, some that are deciding to divorce, and you're already divorcing, which a lot of times means you already have other issues, communication issues, conflict resolution issues. We then take those into other relationships we're still dealing with the exes they don't seem to go away um of course and yeah. and you don't really want them to one of the things my I have a relative that um is has is a blended family they have found it's just it's kind of neat because in a way, they have twice as many people worrying about these kids because they 've created a healthy atmosphere where, after the divorce, the two went on, they moved on, they got healthy, and they 've built four parents now that are worrying about these kids instead of just two. so there are some advantages there 's also some added complexities. What are some more of the complexities that seem to get in the way i mean i what are the things that you hear so many blended families you know struggling with?
8: I like your list. I think your list was perfect as far as that goes. Um, you know some of them is trying to establish a new a place in a new family. Where do I fit in mm-hmm. uh, i I really like the fact that I don't like, but so much that's such an element in okay well i family dynamics let's just kind of go that direction mm-hmm. for a minute. I'm the oldest in the family, okay I have a special role. I'm the oldest in the family now in a step family, there could be a chance where uh sibling order. Uh, comes into play. Um, well, if I'm not the oldest anymore... Uh, well, where do I, I fit? Where do I fit? I used to be here. This was my role. Mm-hmm. This is how I live my life. And now there's this new uh, development that's happened where I am now misplaced. Now you think birth order would not be such a big deal, but when you're used to a certain way of doing things and of being and right. sometimes I mean, I'm thinking of my own daughters to keep saying, oh, man, I wish I wasn't the oldest. I wish I had an older brother or sister. She keeps saying that, and I said, eh, you know, unless we adopt one, I don't know if we're ever going to have
0: Yeah, right, unless we sibling. find one on the street somewhere. <laughs> right.
8: Exactly. So I, I would say that's one of them, is just trying to establish a place in that new family. And uh, another big one, and I think you maybe have alluded to that in the uh, previous uh, list that you were talking about, but, but it's... Discipline issues. Yeah, you know when somebody's acting up, wh- what's my role as a stepfather, a stepmother, right. who's uh, going to
0: discipline whom? Exactly.
8: Yeah, that that becomes a, a real problematic thing. That's uh, a problem
0: that, in mm-hmm. non-blended families. Oh my gosh! Like yeah. you're disciplining yeah. our kids too too firmly. You don't need to be so hard. Be nicer. Be softer.
8: Yeah, and now, of course, it, I mean, it's amazing that you can get a husband with a completely different background growing up and uh, and a wife from a completely different background, and you bring them together as a family, you know, and yes, mm. they have different reasons and different ways about doing certain things. But that's the beauty of being able to actually let that work for you. Now, you get a situation where you're now blending a family, where not only do they come from different backgrounds, but different experiences in different relationships. Right. And so you're adding that component on top of it. And well, where I was the disciplinarian, well, now I'm kind of backseated. I'm no longer the disciplinarian because, well, it seems like she's got that or he's got that more under control. you know, uh, you know, communication, these kinds of situations, just, just crucial.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny just cause, and again, my parents divorced and I didn't, I didn't really have that, uh, those problems because, uh, my dad ended up remarrying and she was great. And she, he, we actually, he had a business and he worked with her. So we would go to work at the business and she was like part of the business and part of his life. And anyway, it's been great cause she's always been there. And, I, but I look at families where – if other, and no other kids were involved. But other kids, I would think that I'd be really jealous, like you're saying, almost about, hey, I used to be the big guy. I used to be the stud, and then this kid comes in, and he's a year older, so now he takes my position. Or mm-hmm. if you're the daughter who might naturally be competing anyway for dad's attention, and now all of a sudden you're competing with your stepmother for your this guy's attention. Or yeah, this time. That? And I guess it could be the same with males as well
8: no absolutely it goes it goes both ways certainly because you know you think of the dominant and you want to be and remain a dominant force uh mm-hmm. you know and you that there's there's certain elements and there's also some research that has been poured into quite a bit but there's different stages that new step families go through uh you know they they start almost in kind of a fantasy stage mm-hmm. where they're not really acknowledging how tough this really could be. All they know is they get along and, my gosh, this is an opportunity. It, it's, not a, it's not a positive thing the way that this is thought of sometimes, but here's an opportunity to reclaim my position and and, and give it in and a go again.
5: You right. Know, this a is, new start. I'm,
8: this is a new start. I am going to get it right this time. Uh, You know, all those (laughs) different, uh, you know, kinds of mentalities, which, of course, you want to do. You you want companionship. We are social creatures as human beings. We want to be with somebody. And when that doesn't happen and it falls apart, well, you know, unfortunately, sometimes people get to the point where it's a rebound. It's not necessarily, will this work out? Well, it might. It could. But will it? See, that, yeah, we'll it's find not well out. thought through. You know, lots of different things to consider with step families, but for the most part, yeah, there's there's different levels of problems. Some experience problems, others don't. But it just kind of depends on what uh, what's happening. But the yeah. thing is, is it works.
0: Yeah, it, it was, really can work. Well, they can work, and they can eat, they can thrive. And many times, it's it's really good. For some of these stepkids, because they finally get out of certain situations that weren't ideal or healthy. They get a new view of what, you know, another new role model in their life. So what I'd like to do, Matt, is take a break. We'll come back, uh, dive into this a little bit more, start getting into some ideas. In fact, I'd love to hear more about the stages. Of um, as we going through the blended or step family development, talk about that, and then let's get into some solutions. Like really, if if we're a blended family out there, what should we be focusing? What where should we make sure we keep our attention? Perfect. So we'll come back with Matt Barkdoll, licensed marriage family therapist. We're talking about step families, blended families, and uh, taking them to the next level, making sure we're healthy as we're uh, trying to make these transitions in our life. We'll be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show, Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio.
6: What's cooking in solar cell production?
7: This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future.
6: Solar cell makers put their products through some pretty tough torture tests to make sure their silicon wafers hold up during the stress of assembly and installation. The toughest test? Baking the wafers at 900 degrees Celsius, then cooling them to reduce impurities, strengthen electrical junctions, optimize crystal formation, and catch defects early. A new kind of furnace for these tests has been developed by the Department of Energy and National Renewable Energy Laboratory, and it's the hottest idea in the industry. Called the Optical Cavity Furnace, it uses high-intensity light trapped inside ceramic reflectors instead of traditional heating methods. OCF puts all its heat into the wafers instead of the air around them, and it doesn't need complicated cooling systems to keep from melting itself. The OCF uses less than half as much power to do the same job better. A result of the Department of Energy's SunShot Initiative, the savings it brings to cell production will help toward the goal of lowering solar power costs to six cents a kilowatt by the end of the decade. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
7: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Keep up to date with
3: BYU Radio's programming by liking BYU Radio on Facebook. You can check our page for BYU sports updates and information on our entertainment programming. Like us on Facebook at BYU Radio. Talk about good.
6: Mother knows best, listen to your mother, it's a scary world out there. Mother knows best, one way or another, something will go wrong, I swear. Prophians,
0: thugs. This uh, is from the show Tangled, which is Skyboy's favorite show. And uh, he just keeps this on his iPod and we <laughs> just wanted to play it. Is that right, Sky? Yeah, I listen to this this so, album. This is the stepmother telling the Tangled girl, what's her name? Rapunzel?
4: Rapunzel, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot that was the she She kidnapped Rapunzel. Well, yeah. So I don't know if that's considered stepmother.
0: Well, it's a step, I guess, kidnapper? kidnapper. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. I didn't realize that. That's a tragic story. And she's a witch. Well, and she makes her grow her hair out. Yeah. Do you know how much money you could make for that hair? If we were of cutting love. it yeah. at Locks of Love, it, yeah. that'd be a gift. Okay, we're talking step families. They don't have to be as messed up as Rapunzel. They don't. They can be healthier. They can be happier. Um, and so we've brought on our licensed marriage family therapist, Matt Barkdoll, uh, who's trying to help us sort through this. You can make a, a healthy, happy step family or blended family. Is that right, Matt? Oh, my gosh. It's I common. Would
8: hope. I would hope it is, <clears throat>
0: yeah. I, and
8: you know, our culture is kind of funny. It was actually interesting as you, you were going through the uh, Disney list. I just thought, okay, well, I'm just curious how many of them uh, either have a single parent situation for whatever reason yes. or a step family. And I kind of went through a list here, and I just thought, well, Toy Story—you you don't see a dad. You know, mm. I'm not sure what the deal is there. Of course, Snow White and Cinderella, and uh, you know, a Parent Trap—that that's that whole. Theme is yes. about, uh, you know, trying to get two uh, previously married uh, parents back together. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I went through and noticed that uh, Hercules, you know, that's a step parent situation. You didn't find out he was, uh, you know, really the son of Zeus. Yeah, until
0: Zeus. I on. mean, yeah, how do you marry Zeus?
8: I mean, I even, I even went to DuckTales, and I thought that was kind of cute. You know, uh, living with Uncle uh, Donald and Uncle Scrooge. And, where
0: do all these parents go, Matt? I, I don't know where the parents
8: go. You know, uh, Dumbo. You know, I'm not sure where Daddy Elephant, maybe that's just tradition he in the elephant poached. world. He was poached.
0: I think he got wasn't killed. Poached? No, I, I, I really believe in the movie he was poached, wasn't he? Yeah. I think that uh, was I. Maybe not too bad. Maybe not. But um, it's it really – it's interesting because maybe, too, that's kind of telling us something of the 50s or whatever when a lot of these were made, or 60s, I guess, that that maybe we didn't – we kind of saw that that was the anomaly family, the family that was the outlier that wasn't normal. And um, maybe – it also
8: th- makes a good story. It does it make a good a story. Very, yeah, it also makes a good story. So there's some uh, compelling reason to say, hey, let's make something uh, pretty dramatic here. And let's just give them one parent or let's yeah. give them – you know, I have somebody steal the daughter, and you know, do all that fun stuff, you know, because of storytelling. But it's interesting, though. That you're, you're right. The very first uh, Disney shows didn't uh, see much of a two parent family there.
0: Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah, it's all in, Disney's uh, fault. All, yeah. <laughs> hey, by the yeah. way, I just if, just while we're on the topic of Disney, I did see that Darth Vader was riding a ride at Disneyland. I don't oh. know if you've seen the news, but he's you know, Disney is now owns uh, Darth Vader and Star Wars, and that whole. Trademark, and so, but now you'll see Darth Vader on all the rides. He's just he's just having a lot of fun at Disneyland. Don't they
8: own the Beatles as well? I'm trying to remember. You know what?
0: I think they're taking over the world. I think they are. Yeah, one little uh, (laughs) iconic group at a time. So, Matt, as we're into this, tell us. Okay, so if if you're if we have a listener out there that's just like, yes, we're having we're struggling with our our family. What what advice do you give? What are the things? That as we're trying to blend these families, that we should be focusing on. What are some realistic expectations? What are some things, honestly, it'd be better to just know not to do?
8: I, I you know, there there are several things that this is such a well-researched area that I, I hope people in and maybe struggling with uh, within a step family can know that there are just so many different organizations out there to, to help step family. You know especially ones with uh you know whether there's children issues or it 's really conflicting with the new relationship i mean unfortunately uh recent stats show between sixty and sixty six percent of remarriages end up in divorce mm. and uh you, you know that's the recent uh vital statistics and so we're yeah when we 're talking about uh neil maxwell 's uh you know there are no perfect families but against such heavy odds we're really reflecting on this population. But uh, Can it work? Absolutely. And one of the things is something that you kind of alluded to earlier, Matt, was uh, manage your expectations. You know, remarriage is not a replacement for a first marriage or a second chance to get a first marriage right. There, there, There are too many other factors being played out here
0: it's, you know, a new, gotta, it's a new entity. You have to go in it. It's not a redo. you got to go in it with what you got, right?
8: Exactly. I mean, remarriage and blending a stepfamily is is not like baking a cake. And say you take your first stab at baking a fancy cake. And you blew cake. it. <laughs> yeah, the first time around was very complex, as you awkwardly contrived, you know, the final product that looked absolutely nothing as you envisioned. Right. However, the second time around, you want to seek redemption and want to prove to the world that, hey, you're going to, get that right, thinking, by heaven, I'm going to show them. And that's, you know, that's just something negative. It's not a replacement. The, the remarriage is not a replacement of the first marriage. This is a brand-new relationship. This is not a rebound thing. This is your life. This is hopefully till death do you part. You know, that mentality of saying, we're in this for the long haul.
0: It demands some creativity, too, doesn't it? Like it's, oh, doesn't it, yeah. Maybe it's going to end up being more like a trifle than just a cake. So maybe we're going to cut the cake up, (laughs) put some pudding on it, put a little side, I mean, like make it into something else. You're bringing the kids. I I love the idea of this kind of blowing up the perfect myth because the perfect family doesn't exist as we've talked about, but it's almost, it does, if it exists in your head, that there's a certain way that things have to be. And like, they don't have to call you dad. The, the 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 new the kids don't have to call you dad just because you're in the house now. I mean, there's certain things that can just happen as they happen. They don't need you to know, be forced.
8: Thank you. And you know what? It's interesting that actually a family scientist, his name is Dr. J Bray, uh, B R A Y. He said something very profound, and I think it deserves some serious consideration. He he, he says step parents who at least initially define their role with the stepchildren. As that of a friend, yeah, are usually most satisfied. They they can't replace biological dad, you know. But if they see themselves more of now, now you know, the, the children might actually be very partial to be saying, you know, what you're more of a dad than my other dad was, right. or, or mom, or right. whatever the case is. But the thing is, just going into the relationship with the new family, just more as a fatherly. Uh, non-fatherly kind of figure that I'm a friend. That
0: uh, Well, which you know, is perhaps... a great advantage because, you know, as a parent, we just can't just be, we can't be their friend. We've got a parent. But as a step, maybe that is a role you could actively take is, you know what, I'll be your friend. I'm not going to enable you to be dangerous. But deal with talk to your mom about that other stuff. Let me just build a relationship with you for a while.
8: Perfect. And, you know, that kind of leads to some of the other things that we uh, encourage step families to consider uh, instead of going into a new relationship as a new uh, step family, one thing that parents are encouraged to consider is that the biological parent should handle most of the disciplining at first.
0: Yeah. At well, that, first. That seems like a no brainer. That's like playing with the third rail in the subway. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't want <laughs> to, that's just, that's just going to hurt you.
8: Yeah, and, and and that's and that's the thing is that you know it, you are taken you know the friend role is something negotiable. I mean, a lot of people right. have problems with that because no, they want to be seen as a parent. But again, it just seems like with research that the more that they can initially come in as a friend and at first let that biological parent handle. Yeah. But you have to also at the same time juggle that a little bit to show that you're a knighted front. Right. Exactly. As time passes, the children will see the couple's united front. And families come to a clear agreement of how children should be reared.
0: I mean, if they see a crack between you and your partner and it's not united, you know they're going to get in that crack. and oh, they They're, gonna, they're yeah. going to start working the crack.
8: Yeah, and that's the thing is that if you have that united front and allow the biological parent to handle most of the disciplining at first, you know, mm-hmm. they'll become more and more of a relationship. It's just like, you know what, I'm not going to tell you right off that I think you ought to lose weight. First of right. all, you'd, you'd smack me in the face if you never met me
0: before. Yeah, let's get to know you first.
8: Hey, hey, hey fatty! You know what? Hey, you by, really need to. By the uh,
0: way, Matt, how did you know? <laughs> you that know I need what? To lose uh, I got a
8: video phone actually, and uh, buddy,
0: that is so rude. Come,
8: yeah. talk, come talk to me. You're so no, offensive.
0: <laughs> so yeah, you're saying you're not just going to throw out the correction. You're going to get to know me first, I guess, too, so you can eventually learn how to correct. If you want my correction, you'll learn about me.
8: That's right. I, I want to learn about who you are. I, I know you. I understand you're the child of the person I fell in love with. And frankly, I, right now, it's not my intention to be able to tell you what to do.
0: Yeah, I love um, that. It,
8: it, it, it's managing expectations.
0: And honestly, that's probably more what they need right now, is a friend in a way, uh, just some a safer expectation. Matt, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to go at it again and just try to explore deeply. We'll have a long segment on more sol- solutions, more ideas for how to to you know make sure we're doing this in a healthier, happier way. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show. We're uh, going to be back right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
3: KBYU FM, HD2 Provo. Do you want to hear all your favorite
1: BYU radio shows while you're on the go? Now you can. BYU Radio's free iPhone app places all the BYU radio programming at your fingertips through your iPhone or iPod. Enjoy all your favorites at the touch of a button. Download your free iPhone app on the Apple
7: Store now.
1: Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. With cleanup efforts already underway in the New York Harbor, another fuel spill is being reported while rebuilding efforts continue after Hurricane Sandy. Phillips 66 has reportedly lost over 7,000 gallons of fuel into the port's waters. Other major spills were far larger in scale, leaking hundreds of thousands of gallons of diesel into the harbor last week. The New Jersey EPA has been monitoring the recovery efforts and one spokesperson says that luckily diesel is much easier to clean up than crude oil and most of the spills have already been contained or skimmed out of the water. New York City utility company Con Edison is warning that the coming nor'easter could further delay power restoration efforts. With 1.9 million businesses and homes in the northeastern U.S. still without power following last week's superstorm, freezing temperatures, winds up to 60 miles per hour, and possible flooding are the last thing residents need right now. Con Ed is also warning that even more power outages are likely in the face of the coming storm that is set to hit Wednesday and continue battering the East Coast through Thursday. Government prosecutors are accusing an army general who is based in Fort Bragg of using his rank to force subordinates into having inappropriate relations. General Jeffrey Sinclair is facing charges of breaking over 26 military laws in connection with five women's accusations that Sinclair pulled rank in order to force them into sexual relationships with him. The prosecution is pushing for Sinclair to face court martial. He declined to give any response to the charges in court. Thanksgiving is just a few weeks away, and this year families will be happy to see that turkey prices are relatively low in light of spiking food costs caused by this year's ongoing drought. Most retailers locked in the price for the traditional bird well before the scope of the drought was fully known, and feed crops looked on track for a record year. Now with corn becoming scarce, turkey farmers have to spend almost twice as much on feed, but large supermarkets are able to keep their previously set prices down. Lower prices on the main course will generally drive more customers into the store to do all of their turkey day shopping in one place. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall.
0: Welcome back everybody to the matt townsend show we are talking about step families blended families if your parents divorced uh how do you put these families together If, if our parents go remarry you know we want them to remarry we want to have a healthier life we don't want to just pretend like you can't ever marry again and all step families are broken they're not there are good families healthy families and we're talking to a licensed marriage family therapist Matt Barkdell, who's helping us sort through what we should do if we're trying to blend a healthier family what we should watch out for if you've got any questions for Matt give us a call 801 422 0143 801 422 0143 if you are a uh, if you're if you're trying to put together a blended family if you're a step parent trying to figure out how to deal with certain issues, we would love to answer those questions for you. 801-422-0143. Let's bring Matt Barkdell back on. Matt, you with us? Yep. Still got me. Okay. Now, my friend, uh, so we've got to kind of manage our expectations better, make sure that you know we're realistic about what can be expected. Another little bit of advice you gave us is it is okay just to be friends. We don't need to start out as a parent where we have to go in and just start parenting. Maybe we just build the relationship first.
8: That's right. That's right. I think you did that great. And, you know, to, to the fact of step-parenting and everything, I, I like what Samuel Johnson once said. He said that remarriage represents the triumph of hope over experience. Hmm. And I think that a lot of people... Hate the whole label. I'm you know, these are my stepkids, and these are you know, this is this, this is that. And it's okay to you know, feel that you know, this, this isn't exactly how I imagined my life. I, I never thought I would be a step parent, I never thought I'd have a step family. I that's just so new to me. Um, but at the same time, you know, this is a wonderful, wonderful triumph over yeah. past experience. It really can be.
0: And honestly, I mean, there's, there's some, uh, you know, radio hosts that would actually tell you not to remarry. Just don't remarry. Just let your kids get older. Get them out there and don't remarry. But I, I personally believe um, instead of just, like, putting off everything, why don't you go learn how to do this pretty well and get good at it? Because I think your kids deserve to see you. Becoming healthy and strong, and they deserve to also see a healthy side of of parenting, not just a single parent.
8: Yeah, no, I think that's that's very true. And again, um, <clears throat> if if you want the best for your kids and uh, to to give them those healthy models, well, absolutely. Now, but it does you do have to manage the reason why you are engaging in dating. Do you do you truly want to be married again? You know, is yeah. this something that you have? Uh, passionate about, or are you doing it for an ulterior motive for your kids as much as and as worthy and as you know uh, extending our hearty congratulations go for it yeah. type of thing
0: it's not for the right reason
5: right you,
8: you want to do this you don't want to do it just for your kids you want to do it for yourself yeah
0: you want to be healthy you also you also don't want to just be doing it because you can't make it without others. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to be dependent and then, or codependent. You want you want to be strong. You want to be doing this as a choice, not just as a have to.
8: Right, right. And uh, as I mean, if those stats are really true—the sixty to sixty-six percent of you know remarriages uh, ending up in a divorce—well, if, if those are true, then well, the fact of your marital status is not going to change. You know the lessons learned. Right. With the past we I would hope that people would be more inclined to think, "Okay, what did happen back then?" and you know if professional interventions necessary, or if you want to do some premarital um you know therapeutic sessions or you know what have you, it might be a good idea just i mean there's great pre assessment assessment uh, assessment tools out there to be able to say, you know what what are things that you're more inclined to do, and how can we really work this out uh there there's a great just like I said earlier on, there are so many resources for uh step families. As yeah. well as uh, couples thinking about getting remarried and so forth, I think there's just a lot to be said for looking at this in that
0: perspective. What are some other rules that you see that might be helpful with uh, the you know the third parent, the other parent, the the ex-spouse? How do we effectively involve them, and and what are some boundaries that maybe need to be set there?
8: Each each are individual. Uh, Unfortunately, divorce can potentially be a very bitter thing, which is probably the worst uh ingredient to put mm-hmm. in to you know a relationship because you're you still have to be cordial with that spouse right You still have to have some kind of uh you know congeniality between the two of you so the thing that we I would hope as far as it goes maybe it's too late, maybe it's not but even if there were some feelings uh which there normally are yeah but if you can somehow resolve that no we're not getting remarried again but we are going to see what we can do to manage especially if, you know couples with children uh that has to be worked out very very carefully because again we want to make sure that those kids have a healthy understanding we still see some cordialness between you know ex parent yeah or well, that- I'm sorry ex ex uh, ex spouse or else it's just not going to go anywhere. So I hope that one of the first things is considered is to be able to rectify any kind of uh, negativity. And that's going can be really hard. Why did they divorce in the first place? Was the divorce proceedings bitter? Was there a huge uh, custody battle? Those don't suit, sit very well. Because no. that, 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 that biological parent out there is going to still be present in their lives.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember uh, when my parents divorced, that every Christmas morning, I, I believe until I was probably 17, 16, maybe. No, well, maybe not that many. Um, my father would show up at our house on Christmas morning, and my mom, my dad, and my grandma, my mom's, my dad's mother, would all be there for when we opened our presents. So my, they, they were actually letting, my my father was still coming back to watch us open presents. Right. Which was yeah. a really and I honestly I didn't realize what a big deal that is, but that's a big deal uh, that my parents were able to at least put on their happy faces on, you know, the biggest morning of the year every year and um, yeah. basically get out of the way and let and just serve their kids that way. But that was yeah. that was meaningful. That was important to them and to us. And You know, so it's it was probably it would have been more difficult if one of them had remarried quickly and but anyway it's I I guess that's kind of what you're saying is we've got to we've got to build some relationships with them we've got to be more mature than we were in the divorce if it got ugly and put maybe put the kids first.
8: Yeah, no, that, that's great. And this is a time to be able to put those kids first. This is when you put yourself in the back seat. Right. This is when you put your This is the situation where you put those kids in the first seat because it's their perception. The fact of the matter is, is that divorce, although unfortunate for, for you mm-hmm. growing up, I like what you said earlier is, well, down the road now that I think about it. Yeah. You know, and which kind of denotes to me that I had to really think about that. That was a good thing. Yeah. But to you, it was just kind of a natural thing. Dad's coming over to watch us open presents.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's and that's cool. that's it. I mean, that that's the reality, it seems like, of all of this, is someday, that's my rule, is everyone's going to be 30. And when they're 30, we all kind of, it dawns on us that our parents are just grown-up kids. And <laughs> you're like, whoa, they're just kind of like me. They're not these superstars. They're just kind of like me. So it, I guess my my rule of is that we always want to remember the 30s. Well, they're gonna, Our kids are going to be 30. They're going to know if I was a manipulative step. They're going to know how connected I was or I wasn't. I mean, that's another thing it seems like about step families is, you know, even if it's hard for me to deal with your kids, if I love you, Mm-mm. then I need to learn to love your kids for your sake. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love you enough that I'm going to love your kids. And yeah. if I don't necessarily immediately have that love for them, I'm going to grow the love by just, you know, transferring some of the love that I have for my partner to her kids
8: you know I, I like that and actually it reminds me of a, a website and it uh, talks about it's kind of a support uh, for step families lots of resources and things uh, one thing that really uh, stood out to me when I was looking through that uh, the other day was a statement saying it's it's okay not to like or not to like as much your stepchildren as your biological children mm-hmm. It's it's okay. You're still trying to get to know those kids yeah. as well. Now, do you love them? <clears throat> yeah. You you want to love them and everything. Now, do you feel more inclined to really love your own kids? Well, yeah. Sure. Yeah, you you do. Yeah. But I, I think like you said before, and I think what we've talked about earlier is well, I think managing the feelings that we're having and feeling like, okay, am, am I should should I be feeling this way? Uh I, I still like my kids better than you. Your kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's okay because there's that biological connection, and, and, you know, that that just means a little bit more to you. So when you're feeling these kinds of things, I, and sometimes you do need some professional uh, assistance if necessary or a good support group just to kind of validate the feelings that you're having. And, uh, you know, hopefully that would be able to give you a little more clarity that, you know, it's it's okay to feel certain things.
0: See, I think that's right on. And I, and I also think a lot of this just goes so back to what expectations are. I mean, we, to me, we grow love. We always kind of just think it's this inherent feeling with our kids that, oh, I just love them so much. But, you know, there's certain times as a parent where, you know, it's easy to love a cute little two-year-old that's asleep in your arms. That's really easy. But that smelly teenager that just got off out of football practice, that's sitting in the backseat of your car, that spells, that spills his um, Gatorade all over your back seat. I'm not feeling a lot of love for that kid, especially and and when he's not mine and he's like my wife's kid. Now I'm really ticked. Yeah. (laughs) But the irony is I think, I guess the love doesn't have to be this inherent feeling. Maybe the love is just when I serve you, when I take care of you, when I grow with you, I start to change and that change might just be called love.
5: Yeah.
8: I think uh, in December, I think uh, one of the topics is, is using humor to deal with some of the life complicated matters. And, you know, it's really how we see things, uh, I do like marjorie hinkley the the wife of uh, gordon b hinkley yeah. uh, her her take on a lot of things it's actually kind of refreshing to see now again, she wasn't trying to mask anything. I think this is really truly her personality of mm-hmm. uh, when things get hard, well, yeah, you can take it a couple of ways when it's difficult when you have the smelly kid in the back or if you know the they they stain. Yeah. The new brand new plush carpet yeah. with uh, grape juice and all the good stuff you know sometimes you just have to go in the other room and scream <laughs> and do something yeah yeah i mean you' i mean you've you've got to deal with some of these things, but sometimes in step family situations sometimes it's good to find the humorous times yeah. and I have done that i i 'm not in a step family myself uh but there have been many times where i could have just flown off the, just yeah. blown off
0: the what's going on and, right
8: yeah what is going on and there was one time in particular where we were struggling as a new married couple we had no money and what ended up happening was the most the strangest thing is that i got into the serious giggles i could not stop <laughs> it it was just going forward and you know when we started making jokes about you know, let's put our quarter in the bank and, uh, you know, after a few months, we'll, you know, have enough money to buy butter for our 25 cents of popcorn. I mean, right. we just both just giggled back and forth to each other until, and now we, we, we don't want to mask anything by any means, but we do want to be able to say there are times to be able to, you know, sit back, let's not take life so seriously. But let's be able to t- take our bumps and bruises as they come. They'll come. They will. Like anybody else, that, that they'll come. There'll be stressful moments, and, you know, we can expect that, part of managing our expectations. But, you know, at the same time, we just got to be able to face reality and just saying, look, you know, sometimes we just need to maybe lap our way through a few things. Not all things, but a few things, I yeah. think. Totally agree. That way.
0: You nailed it, Matt. Matt Barkdell, licensed marriage family therapist, giving us a leg up on how to raise uh, our families if we're in a blended family. And honestly, just great advice for everybody out there. Matt, thanks for joining us. Happy to be
8: here. Thanks a million. Take
0: care, my friend, and have a, have a great voting day tomorrow. Good luck at the polls. Yeah, we'll we'll have fun. That'll be great. Hey, uh, we're going to actually to kind of summarize everything. um, We're going to go to our producer, Bryce Tobin. BT, he likes to be called. And even our producer, Bryce Tobin, single guy, you know, knows that marriage isn't any easier the second time around. He's going to do a little wrap-up pretty much of everything we've talked about today. Um, And, you know, he's going to tell us about how sometimes when we bring in other kids, it makes it even harder.
3: Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. So you're getting remarried. Maybe your sudden singleness was due to an unfortunate tragedy. Or maybe the last marriage was the real tragedy. Whatever the reason, here we are. Maybe you're pulling a Brady Bunch and you're both bringing kids together. Or maybe things are a bit more convenient and your new spouse doesn't have their own kids. Or even better, you don't have kids and your significant other does. This one's the best. It's just like at work when someone gets fired and you get to take over on the projects they already started. All the glory for half the work. But now you're having problems? Really? What? Did you go into this? All too easy. Shut up, Vader. You're the worst dad ever. No kidding you're having issues with remarriage. Never mind the fact that real life is just hard, but now you're taking established families and smashing them together. Did you really think there wouldn't be a few snags through this particularly thorny path through the forest of life? Oh, what's that? Your kids are having a hard time with all of this? No kidding! But first, let me say that you didn't make the wrong move by remarrying. But you did just pick up your old family dynamics by the hair and punch it in the mouth. And when you do that, there's an understandable level of discomfort. Everyone's roles are being redefined. Who's the disciplinarian? Who does the cooking? Who's the one that's easier to sweet-talk? How much leeway do you have with the new person? Maybe if you Brady-bunched it, who's the new alpha child? May not be the oldest one. Kids are wondering, will our old tricks still work? And keep in mind, you may not be the only new set of parents. These kids may have another family that has their own roles being redefined. That's twice the redefinition, and this makes for exponential levels of agitation. These things take time, but don't worry, your kids will eventually turn 18 and then you can kick them out. So the problem solves itself. Done and done. Kids aside, what about the new couple? One spouse knows what's up, the other is clueless. In many ways, it's like you've got one extra kid for a while. One spouse doesn't understand the rules, the jokes, the methods, the habits, the way that this family has managed to function. The other spouse gets to babysit for the next little while while the new parent figures things out. Or let's say you're the one that suddenly become a parent. In life, it's expected to occasionally have to eat a slice of humble pie every now and then. But to have your spouse constantly telling you how to do things, and then have the snot-nosed little kids constantly getting on your case about how you're not doing it right? After that first month, you're not just eating slices at this point. You're having whole pies shoved down your gullet whether you like it or not. What if you're a Brady Bunch? Compromise is about to become your best friend. The worst thing you can do is squish two families together only to maintain two sets of rules, traditions, and other family shenanigans. A perfect blend is impossible, but two families only acting like they're just one family will get messy. Look, nobody ever said it would be easy, and nobody really knows if it's going to be worth it. But here we are. Either try and make it work, or watch it unravel. Alright, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome.
7: A new eye on the sky sees the air in 3D. This is innovation now bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Pilots depend on airport weather reports,
6: but for 75 years, the best data they could get were glimpses from weather balloon launches, like snapshots of the weather at one fixed time of the day. Thanks to an improved microwave radiometer by Radiometrics Corporation, instead of those snapshots, scientists now have the equivalent of live 3D video of what's happening in the atmosphere out to 30 miles away. Radiometrics says the microwave radiometer can see icing conditions, measure temperatures, humidity, precipitation, and winds at high altitudes, all from the ground. Developed from circuitry originally used for cell phones and hooked to the internet for fast reporting, the radiometer detects the faint energy, only a trillionth of a watt, emitted from atmospheric water vapor and oxygen molecules in motion. The unit is undergoing field tests and is already paying off, from perfecting local weather forecasts for the last Olympic Games to gathering new data about cloud formation for better global climate models, even enabling utilities to predict and anticipate load changes due to changing weather conditions. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
7: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
2: BYU alumni Ron and Lynette Bybee.
0: So me and some recently returned missionary buddies arrive at the dance at the Wilkinson Center. Through the crowd, I see this beautiful brunette smiling at me. The next week, I go to the library, fall asleep, and wake up to see her across the way smiling at me again. I
2: don't even remember that one.
0: The following week, I get this valentine. I bring it to her at the library. I drop it in front of her without saying a word.
2: It said, really appreciate your smile. I called home immediately.
6: So I eventually take her on a date to a fireside at the Smithfield House. At the end of the date, while walking down the hill
8: back to her apartment, I said...
2: He said, eternity's a long time, isn't it? <laughs> Chances are the relationships that changed your life started at BYU. Share your story at alumni.byu.edu update.
8: Remember when, remember why. BYU Alumni Connected for
5: Good.
0: Welcome back, my friends. And uh, we're going to wrap up the show. We're talking about blended families, step families. And I think we're going to find a weird way to somehow merge blended and step families into the political world. I'm going to turn it now over to Robbie Sanders, the man, the myth, the legend.
2: Yes. So I can give you the name, Matt. Everybody thinks they're the man, the myth, the legend, by the way. <laughs> do you want to guess? Okay.
0: So you've got a name of a political character not a caricature, character, yes. that, has, that has come from a, a blended family. Several.
2: Yeah, Several. Big names in U.S. politics. And
0: you're going to give me, uh, you're, you're asking me if I'm going to give you, if I want to guess? Or I can just tell you. Maybe give me like three people and then I'll guess. Okay, so this man. Mm. You all can join in. How
2: about I just play the sound here You'll you'll be be able to tell who this is Okay, I know this
5: We have virtually no discussion Let me start with Josh On the Pledge And I think this has been the greatest challenge On the Pledge
2: You know who that is It's
0: uh, Newt Gingrich Yes, The Newtster Blended family
2: Yes, uh, he never knew his birth father Uh, His mother married uh, later a guy named Robert Gingrich Who raised him Bobby uh, Gingrich he was a good stepfather. Uh, Newt uh, took his stepfather's name. That's great. That's Newt
0: Gingrich. Boy. You know, you're, somebody out there is Newt's real dad somewhere out there. That's fascinating. Here's
2: the next politician on the other side of the uh, political aisle.
0: America
7: has
2: always been a land of opportunity, a land where if you work Billy hard, Bob you can Clinton. Get a hit. Yes. Although he, I don't think he's Billy Bob. I you know what, by the way? William honestly, Jefferson. one
0: of the greatest, I think, politicians. Communicators. I don't know. I just seriously respect his communication skill set.
2: When I, I didn't know this, uh, President Clinton's really father uh, was killed early on in his I do, yeah, childhood. I remember that. Uh, so his mother remarried uh, somebody else in the 1950, and uh, his stepfather adopted him. And uh, and he's
0: he, from Hope, Arkansas. Grew up to be governor of all of Arkansas. The governor. You know, U.S. See, president. I remember that. A single mom, and she died, I believe, sometime during his presidency. Anyway. Here's cool. one a little more obscure. I
2: have learned already
7: in this
5: office that the difficult decisions
0: always this Nixon?
2: Come to this death. In that
0: era. Well, there's Michael Jackson.
2: Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford. Yeah, he was. Yeah, do you know his birth name was Leslie Lynch King? Really? Yeah. And he changed his name to Gerald Ford. Well, his parents separated a few weeks after he was born and uh were they were divorced when he was about two. So his mother remarried and uh the guy's last name was Ford and he took on the name and changed. Well you his can name see why Gerald,
0: Gerald looks a lot better than Leslie Lynch. Yeah. You know. Look where it got him. Imagine President White House.
2: Leslie Lynch so King. Golly. See, isn't that cool? Never stop dreaming, but don't stop with the way things are. Dream of things as they ought to be.
0: Dream. So, Jesse Jackson? Yes. Jesse Jackson. Cool.
2: He what? was raised by his mother and his stepfather. Dad wasn't in the picture at all. Uh, but uh, his stepfather was Charles Henry Jackson. His mother married, uh, married him, and uh, when he was one year old, took on the name. Jesse took on the Jackson name. And finally.
5: Just say no. Many of you may be thinking, well,
4: drugs don't concern me. Just say no. But it does concern Is that Pelosi? It concerns us all. Just say no.
2: Just say no. Who's famous for that?
0: Well, I don't know. The D.A.R.E. program across the country. Nancy Reagan. Oh, that's Nancy Reagan. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Skyboy. That was to Matt, not to Nancy. Yeah, that was definitely to Matt. (sighs) Sky sleeps through the whole show, and I get one wrong. And then he pulls out that. (laughs) <laughs> well, Nancy grew up in a uh, blended family
2: home. Her mother Edith remarried at the age of six, when she was six, not her mother. Yeah, that's uh, weird. She and her uh, stepfather got along very well. She Me. called him a man of great uh, integrity who exemplified old-fashioned values. Uh, he adopted her in nineteen thirty-five when Nancy was fourteen years old, uh, and then later Nancy would go on to raise. A step family when she hmm. married Ronald Reagan in 1952. Right. And she was stepmother
0: to Maureen and Michael Reagan. Michael Reagan. Check that out. Isn't that cool? So cool. So blended families can work. Hello. You can turn out some incredible kids.
1: Next president.
0: Next president of the United States, potentially. Yep. I mean, maybe. I don't know. if yeah. Actually, I think Obama, President Obama was a step child, wasn't he? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Fascinating stuff. Now, a couple of things. Just a little bit of information for you. Tomorrow night, BYU radio election coverage. You're not going to want to miss this. Nine o'clock Eastern time. Marcus Smith from The Morning Show is going to be bringing on two experts uh, that are going to help to talk about the election, what went down, how everything uh, transpires, and uh, we're also going to be apparently giving you some BYU connections to both the candidates, to both Mitt Romney and Barack Obama, which will be fascinating again tomorrow, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. And the coverage is all um, day. Well,
2: it's, yeah, we're in the polls. Close. We have some coverage from our, some of our uh, t- sister TV station, which will be fun, too.
0: So but all over the country. Our in-house
2: yeah. coverage with Marcus Smith. Excellent, the morning show extraordinaire.
0: See how we take care of you. It's because we care. Thanks, for listening, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, join us again tomorrow. More great topics. We're going to help you debrief the political scene tomorrow. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
2: the campaigns and debates. Election Day has arrived. Tuesday, November 6th, BYU Radio will bring you experts from both sides weighing in on the hotly contested races around the nation, highlighted by the photo finish between President Obama and BYU alumnus Mitt Romney. Join us for a unique look at the elections November 6th, 8 Eastern, here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.